I don't believe in free speech. I don't believe in free speech. I can't stand what they teach. to go it's good to talk to you it's been so long you too i know oh my god march and april are so bad but i'm almost done being a professor <laughs> so that's I can't right complain. that's right you're going out with a bang you're done after this um that's it yeah. right after this semester yeah unless someone else hires me one of the things we we're going to talk about today was the um there's the Texas anti-trans law. I read an th- article from Boston University about this, and it's like, uh, gee, I wonder who wrote this article. You know, I wonder which side of the fence they're on. It's like, when did journalists just completely give up even putting forth the pretense even of neutrality and decent journalism? It's just, I mean, the questions, it's like a setup. You know how you watch like like a really cheesy, like a morning show where they like have an author and the whole, like all of the questions are just setups that, that the, like the author's agent has authorized ahead of time. Like you can ask this. The yeah. Questions like if a presidential candidate came to an elementary school class and, they, and they, they picked like, they sort of like fabricated all these questions ahead of time. Little girl, do you think you could read this line? I wrote down... You know, just right before we were talking, I was just just kind of going over some things, and I just wrote down one quote specifically. It was a headline from Vox, and the headline was, Anti-trans legislation could kill lots of trans kids. <laughs> you know, that's a fucking headline? I mean, it wasn't an opinion piece. That's the thing. Every, every article that I see now, every news article that I see, I read it, and I think, I guess this is an opinion piece. And then I look, and it's not. I want to talk about like the issues and what the implications are, but also like the the media coverage of these issues yeah. is so slanted. Yeah, it's that's what's frustrating because then you can't actually decide what you think of a particular issue because you're not even sure what the issue is. Right. Like if you go, what's going on with this Texas trans law or what's going on with the Florida don't say gay thing or what happened with Leah Thomas yeah. and – just trying to find what the hell actually happened. Like, what does this bill actually mean? Or the uh, the Ontario bill, um, C-47 or 67, whatever, we'll t- mm-hmm. talk about that. But, like, like, what does this bill actually say? And you can't – it's so hard to, to, to get a source that will actually just explain the situation in any kind of a neutral way. You see, all you can find is just, like, just completely woke stuff on the left and then on the right – the other thing, it's both sides, you know, you have, and it's, so, and you can tell from like the headline of the article what it's going to be, you know? So given that though, everyone probably is wondering what, well, what is the Texas, is it, is there an anti-trans uh, bill or law and what is going on in Florida with the quote unquote, don't say gay in the classroom? The governor of Texas, um, kind of got convinced from my understanding of it is he convinced the district attorney of Texas to sort of write an opinion piece. They want to just change the law and say sort of, you know, what people say it's a, an anti-trans law. The idea is in their minds, what they're doing is trying to protect children um, from being, um, you know, from this sort of trans thing. And, and, and critics would say that they're, you know, attacking and persecuting trans children. So they couldn't actually change the law. So, the governor got the district attorney to write like an opinion piece that defined um, gender affirmation surgery in teenagers as uh, child abuse. And then 
So then because of that, based on that definition, they've been able to authorize um, opening investigations into like families and therapists and doctors who go along with this. So of course everybody's horrified and um, and they're saying, you know what, this isn't even legal. And so who knows what's actually going to happen with this. Meanwhile, in Florida, the don't say gay bill, which actually not, it's been it's been labeled that by critics, you know, because the first thing, if you don't like something, is to give it a name that that can that now we can group it together into something bad. It's like turfs. Right. I just so I just read a thing J.K. Rowling posted this thing recently about, you know, she's like, I don't always post, you know, I don't have time to make a post for everyone who who uh, threatens to murder me, but I like this one. <laughs> and she posted this thing where oh some, somebody posted this thing that said something, you know, like gonna kill some turfs or like can't you know can't wait to kill some more turfs or something it's just like just that word turf is such a dirty word it sounds yeah. kind of like surf so it kind of has this like peasant beneath me vibe to it and also turf <laughs> just sounds like it's just a great word for that like if you're like a sci-fi writer in the future that's what it sounds like like in star trek or something like in the future there's this like aliens these two aliens and like they made this subspecies out of turfs and we really don't respect them you know they're like they're just they're beneath us and they're it's just turfs these fucking turfs you know and it's like that's a word and so this this like young person out there having to kill some, some fucking turfs like that wasn't even a word like a couple of years ago and now it's like a whole group to hate you know and it's so, so easy they to called hate her so they called J.K. Rowling a turf yeah. and threatened to kill her yeah some, on social media yeah somebody I can't remember the, the exact quote but it was something like uh Actually, got it right here. I could just pull it up. It was, um, she says, I'm afraid I can't give a shout out to everyone promising to murder me. There are so many of you and I'm a busy woman. But this one deserves a mention for the 90s rave vibe. And it's like uh, this, <laughs> somebody's saying, as I kill turfs, JK, hope you fit in a hearse. So that's a pretty, uh, you know, and this is somebody who wouldn't even have known what to even, you know, probably wouldn't even have been pissed about this if she hadn't been, if she, he, they, I'm not sure, I haven't looked at the picture, so I don't know who this is, just a quote. But this is someone who, you know, this it's, 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 it's uh, manufactured hatred, though, on so many levels, you know. And that's and that coming back to the media subject of how things are covered, right, you know. So meanwhile, in Florida, you have the... The don't say gay bill, which is a it's interesting what they're doing in Florida. They're trying to prohibit um, teachers from teaching a certain thing. Uh, you know, they're trying to specifically you can't teach uh, about sexual orientation or gender identity to five, six, seven and eight year old children. If you're if you're eight or under L kindergarten through third grade, then teachers are not allowed to talk about gender identity and sexual orientation. Um, so the, the assumption is that kids are just too young to be exposed to that at that point. And so they're not trying to be anti-gay as much as going, we, we don't want to be so what? Well, of course, the, it's being framed as just as an assault on, on, it's just the latest as, you know, and again, that was like what I was saying about this. Some of these media quotes are crazy. It's just like the latest Republican, uh, attack on trans kids <laughs> okay so this the, the don't say gay bill which you know again that's not even what it's called you know it's called really actually what it's called is the what, parental rights in education bill or something like that and uh but nobody even knows that right because you just like rebrand it as don't say gay and it completely changes the meaning people go like don't say gay bill fuck that that's not even what it's called right it's called 
On the other side, the proponents of it, it's the parental rights in education because what they're concerned about is losing parental rights. And everybody's like, what the fuck does parental rights have to do with anything? What rights do you have to come in and tell teachers how to do their jobs? Because that's how sort of state-controlled everything is at this point. That's how much we sort of sort of turned our children over to the state a long time ago. You know, so of course, it, you know, the, the trans kids supporters see it as like, you know, just basically – you know, you're attacking trans kids for being who they are and not letting them be who they are. And the Republicans are saying, uh, well, we just don't think it's appropriate to teach this at this age. And you can say, well, that's because they're they're transphobic assholes or whatever. But the thing is, I mean, it's true. Like in my day, nobody would have talked about like they didn't talk to us in kindergarten about sexual orientation or gender identity or anything else, you know. They didn't. They it was. It would have been considered completely inappropriate to talk about sex in any way. So this is between like heterosexual, you know, straight heterosexual white cis, you know, suburban families or whatever. It doesn't matter. Their sex life was off limits too. The point is, you shouldn't be talking about like shouldn't be talking about sex to five year olds. I think that's actually you know not to sound like some crazy nut job right wing Christian, but I think it's a you can make a case or at least try to understand why parents don't want their fucking kindergartners being being lectured to about sexual orientation and gender identity. I think that's fair well, point. But I, I think that the measure has a, an additional part that is more troubling, and that is the prohibition of teaching like that they think of as in a manner that's not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate. And I think that people are worried that mm -hmm. that will be interpreted to extend to all grade levels, not just these, you know, kindergartners and first graders and whatnot. Well, so a lot of this is that it, it's, there are all these attempts, um, I think by conservatives and liberals to legislate, uh, whatever values we think people are supposed to have and shield people from whatever we think they're not supposed to be exposed to. And I just, I, I mean, I, there's probably a long history of this and that would be really interesting to explore, but you know, there were, you know, there's a long history in the United States of should you teach evolution in school or not? And these are all big battles. And um, should parents have to give permission before the school gives them the sex ed in sixth grade? And um, or should, should parents um, get to say they don't want their kids to read House of the Spirits by Isabel Allende? That was a big controversy in, what, yeah. 2017 or so? A public high school in North Carolina had... Um, you know, they had to have police at their school board meetings and um, all these people were up in arms because an honors English class in the high school read House of the Spirits and there's a lesbian character in it and maybe some other stuff that goes on that the parents were all freaked out about. And so there's there's all these efforts, but I mean, what I'm trying to figure out what we can do to historicize it and also sort of calm it down so that people can have more reasonable conversations about it. Because like you said, in the media, then everyone just like starts freaking out and becomes really polarized. And if you if you question something, then, you know, you're you're either accused of being a Marxist or a transphobic or, you know, depending right. on what what side accuses you. Right. But, you know, there's you can't even ask a question and have the question seem reasonable. No. Um, and yeah. it, there's it's just you're immediately ideologically 
suspect or put in uh, a box that would indicate that you are completely wrong um, and an immoral person who doesn't care about whatever group it is. So it's just frustrating. But I know that the with the Florida thing, um, the gay uh, Senator Jones wanted the bill's language to be altered to say something like instruction shouldn't be intended to change a student's sexual orientation or gender identity. Right. But I guess that didn't go very far. But I feel like that's a more reasonable change to make, to say, okay, let's just be more clear what we're trying to say so that it's not overly broad and then has these new problems that maybe are unintended consequences. Right. Want to be generous about what they're doing. But but I get there's also people say that there's a long history of just like outright anti-gay, anti-trans um, uh, laws. And as soon as trans and gay folks make some progress and get some rights, you get this clamp down and pushback. So it's tricky because like in Texas, you know, you're talking about, you know, if you're talking about trans kids, you know, there are tricky – what disturbs me, of course, is, you know, just my typical, you know, the thing I like to think about, consistency and implications and how far do you want to go with this premise, you know, because, you know, on the one hand, you're you're arguing that like a 14-year-old um, – well, I mean, you're arguing that a 5-year-old – a 5-year-old is whatever gender they say they are, you know, and they are what they say they are. No matter what they are, they know who they are. They know what they're doing. They know what they want. And they're consenting to that. Like, the, like you know, the idea, like, once you're 16, you can start getting, like, you know, there's there's different levels, right? You, we're not talking about, like, five-year-olds aren't getting, you know, hormone therapy and stuff. But once you hit puberty, you know, you're starting to do serious things, right, um, that are – I mean, I know people – like, tr the last thing trans people want to talk about is detransitioners, but there are a lot of those, you know. There are a lot of people who are, you know, who who are transgender when they're teenagers and they stop being transgender after a while. So you can say they are and then they, and then they stop being or you can say they never were, some people would say, you know, which you can't say, of course. But what I'm saying is – the idea that you need, as a parent, you have some right to step in and say, look, you know, please think about what you're doing. I think it's possible, you know, that since you've been like stuck in an ideological echo chamber for the last five years on, you know, online, on social media, being told that you're trans and that's the cause and the solution of all of your problems. You know, I, as your parent, I see something different and I need to help you understand that. Or as your teacher or as your counselor or as a psychiatrist. And we're getting to the point more and more where you're prohibited legally from doing that. And that's why people are freaking out and trying to, and trying to, trying to enact laws that, that prohibit this stuff. And, you know, I have personally known people who have gotten, I spent three years making a documentary film about, about a trans person who had gotten a double mastectomy top surgery and her Whole, whole history of mental illness for 10 years. And I interviewed her, um, her doctor who did the surgery. And he said, you know, point blank, looked at me in the face and said, I've never seen any history of mental illness in any of my patients. And we check them, you know, we, we require them to go through testing. We're absolutely sure before we do anything I've never seen. And this is me after I've been sitting here filming this person, you know, uh, having psychotic outbreaks, you know, and so we know that that does happen. So if you're somebody's parent, it's just not as simple as coming in and saying they're attacking trans kids because you can't consent to buy it. You can't consent to smoke cigarettes when you're 16. You can't if a 16 year old, if a 15 year old 
wants to take hormone treatments, that's fine. But if a 15-year-old wants to have sex with a 40-year-old because they're convinced that they're in love with this 40-year-old and they know what they're doing, that's not okay? See, that doesn't work. That's considered statutory rape. That doesn't work because you're saying you're a child. You have no idea who you are or what you're doing when it comes to wanting to have sex with somebody over the age of 18. But if you want to start taking hormone blockers when you're 13, that's okay. And anybody who questions you is is a is a fascist for even questioning that like an eight year old might not be completely solid on what their gender is or isn't. It, it's it ends up being then about the consistency. Is that do it, you know? And I I've long wondered about um, underage kids getting cosmetic surgery, whether it's breast implants for your sixteenth birthday or or a mastectomy for that matter. Um, so how do we decide? And of course, typically in a gender traditional culture, we're not as traditional as we used to be, but typically any gender traditional cultures, um, don't mind medical or surgical intervention as long as you are, um, fueling the heteronormative gender ideology. So, uh, breast implants for a girl, right? Um, who identifies as a woman is okay at 16, but the thought of a 16-year-old born female who wants to identify as gender non-binary or as a man getting the mastectomy is horrifying to people. Now, let's admit, it's, it hasn't bothered people as much that parents have consented to giving their kids cosmetic surgeries and those kind of interventions and, you know, antibiotics for acne so that they'll look more attractive with clear, clearer skin. Those are all things parents have done. So that's where I feel like, we, again, like you said, we have to be consistent. So, you know, uh, most for most gender traditionalists, they're okay with any intervention as long as it props up gender ideology and heteronormativity. It's only when it challenges it that they suddenly have a problem with these technical interventions and medications and surgeries. So, but, but I think we're also, we have to recognize that there are not very many people under age 18 getting surgical interventions or going on hormone blockers or whatever they are that that's not very common. And so I think it's also the media is now giving us this impression that there's all these kids who are who are getting these medical interventions, and it's a very small number. But also, you know, it's a small number. But at the same time, you know, and the the, the trans issue always it always comes back to the trans issue like it's a sinner, like the eye of the storm or something, <laughs> because that really that one is trickier, you know, than a lot of a lot of a lot of things, and and the you know. The thing is, what you just said, like there aren't very many people doing this. There aren't very many trans people in the first place, uh, percentage-wise. Yes, there are lots of trans people. There's lots of everything in the world because there's it's a big world. But percentage-wise, very, very, very small percentage of people, and we are it's a it's a there's no question that there is a hugely disproportionate amount of focus, attention, anxiety. You know, it's just we're completely redefining the way that every textbook has to be written for trans for trans people, uh, you know, for a very small percentage. We're completely like like we talk like I talk about all the time. You know what I mean? Nobody's trying to like nobody's trying to say, like, you can't use the word virus because this guy's a hypochondriac. But we're talking about computer viruses. Doesn't matter. You're an asshole for saying the word virus. I mean, like one of the things you do as a sensitivity reader is like, you know, you used to use the terms master and slave in computer science. 
you know, oh, and yeah. now it's Matt. It has to be like Maine and auxiliary because that, you know, <laughs> that if uh, Eleanor and I were playing Wordle the other day and we tried to put the word slave in there and the word's mm-hmm. not in the dictionary, like Wordle doesn't recognize the word slave. You can't use the word slave. It's like literally not in their dictionary. Let's just fucking erase it because that, that doesn't exist. Eleanor and I did a I did a podcast, you know, recently um, with where we talked about her experience at SAIC when she went to art school in Chicago. And, you know, she wanted to talk about a film that included an image. She didn't even want to talk about the film. She just wanted to use the image. They, they were supposed to do a project about a moon, about the moon. And she wanted to do this uh, a still from this Georges Méliès film voyage to the moon and it's just that picture i'm sure you've seen it probably it's a classic like sort of claymation looking moon with a rocket stuck in its eye and the teacher Mm -hmm. just snapped her back and said we're not going to talk about that we will not discuss that film in this class because you know there's like these natives that that this professor thinks are racist in a film that was made 100 years ago she didn't want to talk about those natives she just wanted to use a picture of the moon and she was forbidden to use a picture of the moon because it would it would make it might make somebody think about that movie, which might make somebody remember that there was some sort of a, a thing that the professor thought was racist. So they literally like busted her ass and forbade her from discussing this film. You know, even though of course your artists are constantly transforming the meaning of images, putting them in new contexts, so that you have a different association with that image of the moon now. So that that's what's so weird about that, right? I mean, you can, you, you transform those images by using them in new contexts. Right. That's. Yeah. I mean, hypothetically, that's what artists, I don't know if there's any artists left at this point. They're all just academic, academic artists are the worst. You know, they're just, they're fucking ruining (laughs) everything. I've always thought that way back, like when we were first hanging out, when I was like in grad school, I mean, that was the thing. I just hated that. I hated academic artists. And when I went to Vanderbilt, it was like even worse. You'd get these people coming in like using like advanced linear algebra to, to analyze, um, to analyze paintings and stuff. And it's just like this, if you, yeah. if, these are people, these, because these are failures in life. So that if you can't do teach, if you can't teach, teach gym, you know, if, if you can't do that, be a professor, I guess that's where we're at now because like, it's the worst, like people, people who make careers out of like being critics of art and literature and music, but they themselves have no idea how to play an instrument or paint something that wouldn't suck ass or write something that would be compelling in any way to another human being. They just have to explain to everybody, oh, here's why this is good. If you read my paper, you'll understand why this why this stupid photograph that looks like it was shot by a five-year-old is actually really great and important. That's what academic artists do because they've got no fucking talent and they must have dreams at night of like running into like the, like they devote their life to like the work of some filmmaker. And then they must have nightmares that they like run into the person and the filmmaker's like, you're a fucking hack. You know that, right? You're an imposter. <laughs> you're just a, such think a poser. Of the, think of Werner Herzog meeting all the people who've written about his films. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny that you said that because I, when I was reaching for a name, I was going to say Werner Herzog. He popped into my head. <laughs> You know, but then I thought, oh, but they they wouldn't talk about Werner Herzog as much because Herzog is such a like he's so straightforward, like fuck you, like it's so obvious that he disdains academics, you know. And but you know, but these academic artists like Peter Greenaway, the filmmaker, or like Chantal Ackerman, like even worse, that's sort of just like really feminist political filmmakers, and they do these they do these scenes that nobody could possibly give a fuck about unless like you unless you like compare it to like a Baudrillard essay, and then you're like ah, but if we apply Baudrillard to this. It gets really interesting. 
But that's not what art is fucking about, you know, not to me and not because it's coming from a mental place instead of instead of, you know, whatever. I mean, I do this rant all the time, um, but it's like it's just <laughs> <laughs> I hate them so much. And that's just what's happening. You know, it's anyway, I just I got on going on that because like, you know, I was just talking to Eleanor about um, about, you know, her just getting constantly getting shut down like and, you know, you're not allowed to talk about this. You're not allowed to talk about that. And so really, like in Florida, you know, what the governor down there is trying to do is, you know, he's trying to do that. He's trying to shut this down. You're not talking to my fucking five-year-old about, like, about gender identity or or anything else. And there is a point there, right, where they, we are at the point here where there is some stuff that is arguably really inappropriate. I get why both sides are freaking out about it. I mean— there's the question, like you said, just the implications of like, what will this actually mean? But it's also just not as simple as people are making it out to be. Like, there's people protesting out there. So some woman with a sign saying like, I will not hide my child. I refuse to, I will never hide my child. Like, my child is trans and that's their true authentic identity. And you're asking me to hide that. It was another sign of like, about like, Again, like it's a sort of massive overstatement of harm, putting trans lives in danger. Like ESPN commentators recently, like actually like like interrupted the broadcast like several times during like what was it the uh, NCAA tournament or something? Uh, interrupted the broadcast to have like a moment of silence, like a two minute of two minutes of silence in the middle of like a fucking basketball tournament because you know. Because of what's going on with this thing. Because, like, as they said, something like, what was it, uh, you know, like, any, uh, you know, uh, violating any human rights is violating all human rights. You know, and so, <laughs> okay, that sounds good, but what about the human rights of, like, parents who don't want their five-year-olds and their six-year-olds learning about sex and gender identity or any of it? Do they matter? No, they don't. Fuck them. That's the lesson. That's all I'm saying. And it's just not that simple on either side, folks. Okay, I need to just like back up and calm down a little bit. Because, you know, it is kind of a point. Like, should you be like, I can see if you say you can teach, you know, you can talk about like uh, heterosexual sex, just don't talk. We're not going to be talking about homosexuals or trans people to kindergartens because that's not appropriate. Obviously, that seems like a problem because then you're insinuating that there's something dirty about that. What I'm saying is like, maybe, you know, we shouldn't be talking about sex to kindergartners in the first place, right? That's how it was in my day. I mean, and I think it would be perfectly reasonable in my day that if you if parents found out that a teacher was, like, giving fucking sex ed classes to five-year-olds, everybody would be pissed, and the teacher would probably lose a job. But there is a question of just, like, what is appropriate at, and at what level? For example, like, okay, this isn't about elementary school, but, like, like if you take, like, 11-year-olds or something, you know, is it appropriate then? You know, can we talk should, – should teachers be talking about anal sex to 11-year-olds? Uh, you know, uh, take the case of the, the Teen Vogue, uh, you know, controversy that happened a couple years back, right? Where Teen Vogue runs this whole piece about, you know, anal sex and how to do it safely and all this stuff in Teen Vogue. So your 11-year-old is over there reading about how to have anal sex safely and, you know, most enjoyably or whatever. And the defense of that article 
that people use everywhere, of course, because everybody got freaked out. And of course, all the good progressive liberals come in and go like, you know, you're trying to shame women for their sexuality and you're trying to like take us back to the dark ages and nobody will have any sex yet and then everybody will be pregnant and have STDs. Well, maybe there's a middle ground between talking all about like anal love beads to 11-year-olds and not giving any sex ed. There's got to be some sort of middle ground. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, the defense of the Teen Vogue article was it wasn't some sex-positive thing. It was written in a very neutral and informative way. Okay, well, if you buy that defense, let me put it this way. If I go up to an 11-year-old girl on a playground and start talking to her about anal sex and casual sex and polyamorous people and all that stuff, what would happen? Is it my place? Do I have the right to go up and introduce some random 11-year-old girl, or boy for that matter, to all the ways of sex without asking their parents for permission? Do I have the right to do that, to just introduce them into this world, just completely ignorant and blind of, of uh, what their parents may want them to know or not know? They just fucking arrest me. So why is it okay if your teacher does that? Yeah.